Ladies and gentlemen, it's episode 7 of WandaVision, and we have a lot to discuss in this episode that had some big revelations. And joining me to discuss all of the shenanigans on this week's episode of Raven On is a man that I can only introduce thusly. Who's been messing up everything? It's been Stuart late all along. Do, 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 do. Uh, it's Stuart late. Hello, Natalie. Hello, everyone. And I killed Sparky too. <laughs> uh, Stu, it's episode seven. It sure is. Called Breaking the Fourth Wall, which is sort of mostly, I think, a reference to the style of sitcom they were parodying this week. But also, let's just freaking reveal some big bombs. So do we want to... We've got our minute challenge, obviously. We've just done it. But, I mean, do we want to start with the big reveal at the well, end? Well, yes. I mean, like, like... Look, that's what we need to talk about. We can, we can fill in the blanks later, <laughs> but I think that we need to address the uh, giant purple <laughs> elephant in the room. <laughs> So we're talking about the reveal. Uh, spoilers, everyone. If you haven't yet watched WandaVision, what are you doing with your life? Go watch episode seven or, you know, be thou warned that we are about to to reveal spoilers. It was revealed at the very end of the episode that in some capacity, Agnes, the do-gooder next door neighbour, has actually been, I don't even want to say villainous, but she's clearly been a puppet master of some sort called Agatha Harkness. Yes. And Stu, I had no idea who Agatha Harkness was. <laughs> and so you could, you could be easily forgiven for that, Natalie, because she's not the most like well-known Marvel Comics character. Although people who are familiar with Scarlet Witch and Vision, uh, Scarlet Witch especially, like who are familiar with their story, will be aware of her. She pops up every once in a while in universe in in the Marvel Comics universe. She's a very powerful witch who may have been alive forever or at least very long. <laughs> she she's she's one of those people who was alive when Atlantis sank and all that sort of thing. And she she was definitely alive during the Salem witch trials. Oh wow. Um, okay. So before you go on. Yes. I just want to walk you through my kind of reaction to the end of the episode. Of and course, then, I'm fascinated by this, by the way, yes. <laughs> and, and then I want to hear how you as a fan reacted. Yes. Because to me, I went, oh, okay, she's, you know, the puppet master. Okay, she's, this is the big reveal. And then they went into that fabulous Munsters style chirpy yes. theme song. Thank you. Can I just say thank you? that someone else got the Munsters reference. I feel like no one's talking about that. Everyone's going, oh, you know, this is such a bop, this song, because, like, that song has, like, taken the internet by storm in the last couple of days since the episode aired. Yes. But no one's pointing out that it's a pitch-perfect Munsters parody. I don't know if I can claim that I got that totally on my own. I might have seen it fleeting in reference somewhere, but it certainly is that. Like, it's... Yeah, and what a, what a perfect, like, pastiche to use for the, the villainous witch character. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. Well, The Monsters was a comedy too, wasn't it? The so, Monsters was a comedy, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I never watched much Monsters, I have to say, but um, it, it, it was a, you know, a family of weirdos and witchy types and kind of the Adams family. It was kind of like you're either a, um, a Beatles or a Rolling Stones, a Ford or a Holder. Yeah. <laughs> you're either an Adams family or a Munsters family. I probably was more Adams family, I guess. Me too, I'm, really. But I, only I because did, of I the movies, in the movies in the 90s, like that's probably why. <laughs> There was, yeah, well, yeah, there was, yeah, that's right, exactly, of Adam's family. Yeah, with uh, Angelica Houston and Raul Julia, um, who were amazing. Adam's family values is still a delight to this day. It is, it, it is. It is fantastic. 
so yeah, so you have have the the theme song, which I enjoyed, very like dun dun dun, you know, very cute scene. Just just gleeful too, like like the the fact that the show is like he's basically just doing a victory lap at this point. It's such great energy coming off the off the show where they're just like, yeah, let's let's have a fun villain reveal, let's do this. It's so pitch perfect for this campy reveal, given that the show has left a bit of the campiness behind and gone into this more modern style of sitcom of talking to the camera and you know, exactly. being naturalistic, and then they go back into this beautiful parody. So I think I kind of appreciated it from the point of view of the the lyrics and the weird term, but the colour of it, even though a lot of it was black and white, but just yes. the yeah. – and Catherine Hahn just, just absolutely purring at the camera, like oh my God. winking and – Fantastic. You know, as I was hearing the song, I'm like, I think that's her singing too. And I looked it up, and, yeah, like she even sings on the song. So. Does she? Yeah, yeah, that's her singing. Is it? Yeah. She's got a very deep voice. I thought it was a man. That bit's where he goes, it was Agatha all along. Like, that's her. Oh, okay. Sure. All right. So, yes, that makes sense. Because mm. I thought it was like a man doing the call and then a woman doing the response. But, yeah, okay. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. She's, she's she's the one so singing. she's doing that. It's been Agatha all along. It's, yeah. yeah, it's <laughs> gleeful. And so I appreciated it, appreciated it on that level. But I had no idea who Agatha was, so I did like that they had that final thing of, and I killed Sparky too and her big laugh because as we talked about last week, when she was in the car, she was dressed as a witch and she did a very, very yes. Wicked Witch of the West style laugh. Absolutely. So it, it was like, and she got the little dog too. This was such a gleeful reveal and obviously the show's sort of reveling in it for a bit. But I do wonder if that's the full reveal. I think you're jumping ahead, Stu. Let's just, just, okay. just stay. Well, let's, let's stay in the let's stay in the pocket. Because I there's still two episodes left. I don't think she's necessarily the big reveal either, or the biggest reveal. Just because I mean, even obviously, like we we've been looking at the show very closely. And I I was laser locked on Agnes as soon as she appeared. Like I was like, okay, well, something's going on there. I'm pretty sure I know who this is. Because I'm a giant nerd, but like you know, there, there's okay, definitely because so, there was there were times where you were like, uh, and last week with the witches, you did say, oh, that could point to something. So tell yes, me yes. then. Yes, so I, I was definitely hinting at the fact that this is Agatha Harkness. Like I was, okay. so, I was like, there's there's one particular character that this is probably going to turn out to be, and sure enough, it is. And I'm like you know, I'm not alone. Most of the internet had clocked that by the end of episode one. Oh, okay. Um, well, yeah, I suppose Agnes, sort of a, Agatha. Yeah, Agatha name. Harkness, Agnes, you know, like it's, it's oh, very... Oh, Agnes, Agatha yeah. Harkness, Agnes. Yeah, okay, that is yeah, you know, it. So it, it works, and yeah, so... so it, normally with this show, I don't go and look up anything because I wait for you, Stu, the walking Wikipedia entry, <laughs> to take me through what I need to know. But this time I was like, well, I have to understand the gravity of what just happened. So I had to Google Agatha Harkness and try and read through a bit right, and go, and okay, so she's like... utterly this. baffled by the Wikipedia page because yeah, it does of. not give you very useful information. Yeah, kind <laughs> of. It did say, however, that apparently Captain Jack Harkness is named after Agatha Harkness. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I remember that. I remember that as a bit of trivia from um, when that first sort of happened. Um, so, yeah, no, like the no idea. deep roots, deep roots. <laughs> yeah, deep, definitely deep roots. So I had this moment of going, oh, okay, so that was a really fun reveal and the, the comic nerds are going to know who she is and have a great time with that. <laughs> um, so, Stu, can you just walk me through? You, you're you sitting on the couch at home. You've got your beautiful wife, your beautiful baby is hopefully asleep somewhere occupied with, with, a, with a small toy. <laughs> you're just focused in 
on this great show and then you get this, you know, like, da, da, da. Like, talk me through what the stew reaction was. Definite gleeful cackling from me. <laughs> uh, you, you could almost imagine that I had turned into a witch myself. Uh, because, <laughs> like yeah, like, like, basically, it's it's just a fun reveal. It's a super fun reveal and it's exactly who I thought it was going to be. And for that reason, it's kind of weird because the show is playing it as a big twist. And frankly, I saw it coming in episode one but it's weird because i don't know that the show is invested in the idea that this is a massive twist or whether they are just reveling in in having katherine hahn choose scenery for a while it was fun for me as someone who obviously doesn't know that character have been chatting to you going okay well agnes is the neighbor there's something up with her because there's something up with everybody in westview she'd had a few moments of seeming to either ask for help or that time that she said, do you want me to leave and come back again? Do you want me, to, you know, sh- so she was yeah, playing. Yeah, but, but I think I've, I've said a couple of times in previous episodes, like I, I think something's going on with Agnes. I think there's something more going on there. I'm sure the tapes will bear that out, Stu. I'm sure. Yes, Listeners, exactly. If you, if you want to make sure that Stu is correct, please go back through our recordings. <laughs> Find timestamps and uh, leave comments on our Twitter pages at Disco Stu. <laughs> Stu loves being corrected about what he said on Twitter. So, oh, I just um, love it. <laughs> I keep trying to get people like spamming you on Twitter and it doesn't work. Everyone who listens to our podcast is really nice to us. <laughs> but what I mean is, do you did you have like were you like clapping and cheering and like woo? Oh, absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I was I was cackling with glee. I, I thought it was oh. a really really well done reveal, and, and even like even though I saw it coming, the style with which it was done is mm. just really really good. Do we want to go into our minute challenge now? And I'm sure we'll talk more about the things. Do, do you feel you have a good handle on who Agatha Harkness is and, and all that sort of thing? Or Well, how about we just start with the start of my minute challenge where I wrote Agatha all along in all caps, followed yes. by <laughs> doop, doop, doop. So the question I have for you, Stu, and this might yes. sort of tie in with who is Agatha Harkness is, so in the Marvel Universe now, magic is real? <laughs> well, because this is a very I, good point. Scarlet Witch to me had been telekinesis telepathicness but it's now just she's just a witch she's just mad she's magical she's like a a magic witch she's absolutely yes you know what i mean all the other superheroes have suits or powers i suppose thor is a god so maybe that was an indication that magic is something but this is literally magic now this is literally bewitch style you know well, that's it. And isn't it, isn't it interesting that what's happening in Doctor Strange, no one sort of said, oh, well, I guess magic exists now. Oh, right? that's right, because I haven't seen Doctor Strange. Is that is that magic too? Well, pretty much. Like, And that's the thing. It's, it's the Marvel brand of magic. So basically, it's energy from the universe, and they just know how to channel it, basically. So, you know, you, you use spells and incantations and, and various other, like, artifacts and things, and you can channel energy in various ways. Just sidebar to that it's a pretty important sidebar i guess you know when thanos big blue purple guy big blue Uh, yes yes i'm aware of him i'm aware i'm aware of his work big blurple guy he snapped his fingers (laughs) with gloves and half the people grimace grimace got uh grimace got the uh gym membership grimace got got roids (laughs) so he snapped his fingers and half the universe died so is yes like is that magic that's magic isn't it that's well yeah i mean like it would be basically in the marvel universe and certainly the MCU, magic is anything that science can't explain. Right. So there's there's all sorts of elemental, primal, you know, mystical energies that exist in the universe, including the Infinity Gems, that functionally they are magic. But, so, you know, there's, there's an underlying sort of sense that you could explain what's going on with science 
if you had advanced enough science. Okay. All right. Because the thing is, how did he know to do half the people? Like, how did he... How did he choose the ones that did go versus the ones that didn't? How does he control that? And it's just his mind? And how then well, did Iron Man... In, Thanos, in Thanos's example specifically, he said it was going to be random. Like, he, he literally just chose randomly. And that, that was the thing. Like, if he was one of the ones who got dusted, then he was okay with that, right? Like, the, the point was it was, a, it was a coin toss. Every single person in the universe got a coin toss. So then when Iron Man got the glove at the end of Infinity War Endgame yes. and went, I'm going to bring them all back, he just snapped his fingers. Was he... How did the universe know how to respond to the particular action? Like, like he snapped it, he could have just gotten rid of half again. So this has been a, this has been addressed in a couple of ways. There is a brief oh, okay. line. Of, there is a brief line of dialogue in the movie because don't forget the person who snaps his fingers and brings everyone back is the Hulk, right? Oh, is it? That, that, that first time in in the lab, right? So he puts the puts the glove on. They say, you know, he's like, so they have a quick a quick little back and forth, going, okay, everyone back, everyone's safe, blah blah blah. The writers have since sort of expanded on that a little bit and just sort of said, yeah, 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 because everyone had like the nerdy things. They're like, oh, what about people who were in like planes when they got snapped away? Like, do they do they reappear in midair? You know, and, oh, and things like question. that. Yeah. Right. Like good good things. Basically, part of the Infinity Stones are Soul Stone and a Mind Stone, which are effectively basically sentient right and they that they can understand your intent so hulk and tony probably would have had a a back and forth like okay what are we what are we actually wishing for when we click our fingers right now basically everyone comes back but that they they've confirmed that everyone who got snapped back got snapped back safely basically right pretty much in the same space that they snapped away from but not anywhere that would put them in immediate physical harm. So they're not going to come back in midair or underwater or something. Like they're going to be okay in the very early going, but then after that, it's up to them, basically. Yeah. That's established. So that's- Have they established what happened if the snap happened, if you were being born, if you were being pushed out of a, a birthing canal, which is, is the way I understand traditionally how birthing works. Like imagine being a, a woman and you're giving birth and then either snap, the mother disappears or snap, the baby disappears. How weird would that be, Stu? That would be intensely weird. So then when they're snapped back, is it like a baby with like no umbilical cord just turns up somewhere on a hospital floor? I mean, possibly, yeah, like maybe. Or would like does a woman turn up and she's just like going, where the frick is my epidural and baby? <laughs> Or the baby's and growing up and baby. the baby's like five. Well, yeah, I mean, there would, there would definitely be situations like that. See, where is the addressing of that weirdness? <laughs> <laughs> well, I was that's why, that's why I like that they showed a little bit of the chaos of that in an earlier episode where, where yes. Monica comes back. Like they, they do sort of say, hey, this would be really, really weird. Yeah. I think but what about someone would. who was being operated on and was flatlining at the time of the snapping and got snapped away and then they got snapped uh, back and they were flatlining still. Are they dead? Are they alive again? Does that bring them back to normal life or does it just bring them back to the flatlining part? I don't know. That's a scenario that is yet to be tested. Okay. Well, another sidebar there that we've explored deeply. <laughs> <laughs> but, yes, no, but my main point is magic is a thing. Pretty much. Well, I mean, like, basically what, what Scarlet Witch does is effectively magic anyway. I mean, it's kind of like shooty, shooty, pew, pews things out of out of her hands. But, like, yeah, like, it's, it's functionally it's – Stuff that we've seen like other people do before, like telekinesis and and force bolts and things like that. But basically, what she she's been doing magic all along, and and in the comics that they kind of retcon her a little bit away from being a, a purely a mutant to to her mutant powers, like being 
making her effectively a really a very powerful witch because like originally like she was called a witch you know almost ironically like it was because like it specifically wasn't magic it was like her mutant ability but then later they they retconned it so that actually she was effectively doing magic but she's doing magic in the same way that dr strange is doing magic where she's sort of tapping into these fundamental forces right to try and turn her house back from glitching which i forgot to <laughs> exactly. write on my list but i just remembered then let me finish going through my list. I don't have a huge amount. Oh, I suppose I probably have a bit. Her power seems to be purple, ele- electric purple, like the zippy zappy. Yeah, that, that, I, don't know, I don't know necessarily that that's like from the comments, but that's how they're going to sort of distinguish her from Wanda's red powers. Yeah. She's um, got, which is a nice visual signifier. That's very good. Yeah, because Monica Rambeau in this episode, which I also wrote down. Yes. She powers up and she's got blue she power. Sure does. She's got blue. Yeah, we basically... Every girl's got a colour. Everyone's got their colour. They're like the Power Rangers. You know, Monica's really desperately trying to to help her and, and Wanda just doesn't want to listen. Yeah. But then, like, she tries to throw her out the window and instead Monica does a superhero landing. Yeah, she did, like, a full kind of Terminator style. Dun, 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 you know, like... Yeah, yeah, that, that's a superhero landing. That, that's oh, a, that's yeah, an Iron Man. Yeah, that's an Iron Man landing, isn't it? Yeah. Because she, she kind of, she throws her out and she's controlling her and then Monica kind of just brings herself back down. Did I get that reading of that right? She's yeah, yeah, of, absolutely. Yeah, that, that was sort of her, she, she... she doesn't quite understand what is happening to her, but she knows that she can break free yeah. of whatever Wanda's doing to her. So she has her big attempt to smash a truck through the hex force field. Yes. Which the truck is rewritten into a, oh, you... Uh, no, a uh, pickup. It's an old pickup truck. I'm trying to do an accent. <laughs> Not a good idea. And then she goes, no, no, I can get through. I can go through. She can't. The truck couldn't get through because the density was pushing back against the truck's density. So it was like a, a magnet, I guess, or two magnets together. They couldn't. Yeah, well, it, it was deliberately deflecting the effect of the hex, and so, yeah. it, but that meant that it was having a really hard time, sort of penetrating. Yeah. Whereas Monica had been through twice already, so through she goes, and then she has uh, her superhero it's, origin. It's hard for her to get through. She has to like really battle it. It is initially, yeah. She has to really push through, and then, but then at the end, it becomes easier and easier. It's all this like all these past versions of herself. Was it, it was like her from when she was in the hex from the second episode and the third episode. Yeah, but basically rewriting who she is, and then she hears all the different voices and that sort of thing. She hears, like, yeah, who, uh, her who as a little girl. That? Oh, was that her as a little girl? That was her as a little girl, and then she heard uh, her mother, and then she heard uh, Carol Danvers. Oh, I didn't hear that. And then I, um, I she comes out the other side, and she has glowing blue eyes. That's how you know you've got superpowers. Absolutely. That, that's, a pretty, that's a pretty solid uh, indication, yes. But it's one of those things where, you know, you just blink a couple of times and it settles down. Yeah, yeah. It's It'll like go when, away. Put some drops yeah. in. And it's only applicable when needed. It fires up. You know, you yeah. can just kind of it's blink a, a bit. It's a very TV budget friendly That's uh, what I was gonna superhero say. thing, yes. <laughs> yeah, it's like a filter. You know, you can just sort of put it on. Yeah, exactly. Look it I, off I'm again. Sure that, I'm sure that that will be a bit more impressive when she shows up again in Captain Marvel 2. But <laughs> oh, okay. So she had her firing up and she was all blue powered. Yeah, then she came out the other side and she could see like the magnetic fields and things like that. She can see all the power. Yeah, it was a little bit Vincent van Gogh, Starry Night kind of swirly magic. Because of course, like, yeah, her her power set is that she can control like energy fields and things like that. So that's, that's what that's about. Right. I do like the fact she goes in to confront Wanda, like she runs into Wanda's house and the theme, the kind of the, dinky theme music to the episode is still playing like the mm. interstitial kind of da, 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 and then she runs in it's like 
Wanda and and Wanda says, "What are you doing here?" And then the music just stops, and then they have their kind of fight. Yeah. But that's when, in in hindsight, because with this episode, Stu, you're going to be really impressed with me. I went back and watched it a second time. Right. Um, I can't remember why, but I think I was just mostly wanted to see the song again at the end. So I thought, sure. well, <laughs> it's, you know, it's a good enough reason as any. That's a fantastic um, song. And I noticed that it was Agnes who broke up that fight. Yes, yeah, 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 exactly. So, so and says, Wanda's tired. She's been through a lot, lot, a lot, run along, dear. And she was kind of patronising. And Agnes had not been like that before. That's what struck me as the most mm. strange thing that Agnes did this episode. She kind of had this uh, run along, dear. This is not your fight or you, you don't stick your nose in where you're not wanted kind of thing. And Agnes hadn't really been that patronizing to other people. I don't think in my opinion. Yeah. Although she had, um, she had been that way to Monica specifically because she was sort of having that discussion about how she doesn't belong here. That sort of thing. Oh, but that wasn't to her. That was to. No, no that, that was about her, but, but she's certainly been, had that attitude to Monica. She, she knows that she doesn't belong in Westview. Right. And now we know why, because she is at the heart of everything theoretically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so I'll progress through my list. I should probably <laughs> let you go first this week, but I think you'll have better things. No, anyway. no, no, no. Go for it. Um, go for it. Is this uh, pastiche sort of the office modern family? Oh, is yeah, that yeah, kind yeah, of, definitely. I've never seen uh, either, but... Um, <laughs> oh, what? Really? I've seen bits of the English office, but I've never seen the American office. And people love right, that okay. show. People love it, and I don't... Yeah, look, I'm definitely on the fence about the UK version was probably better. <laughs> Um, but the American version went for like 17 million it, years. It did. Yeah, it went for ages and ages and ages. The, the UK, it's it's the perfect example of UK TV versus American TV, mm. where the original British office was like, what, two, two 12 episodes? And a, two, yeah. two seasons and a, and a and Christmas a special. Specials, yeah. And the American season was like 200 episodes. It's insane. Yeah. And, and like by the end, Michael Scott like leaves and there's like a different boss. Like it's just, yeah. it's the perfect encapsulation of the British style of television television versus the American style of television, but yeah, which, which isn't, you know, as, as, as delineated a thing anymore due to things like Netflix and Disney plus. Yeah. Um, we're only getting like nine episodes of this show. So yeah. it's, a, um, uh, what, what do you call it? A free to air TV in America. That's um, yeah, net, network TV. Over network. America, yeah. So network sitcoms. Yeah. 22 episode kind of thing. But yeah, uh, so, so more, it was more the, the intro was more the office. That was definitely an office style, the American office style intro, but then yes. um, the show itself, the bits that were doing, doing a pastiche were all modern family. Like it was, it was locked in to the point where Wanda was doing a pitch perfect Julie Bowen impression as the mum. Oh, okay. Like she's, no, I, she's really channeling in a very smart way, Julie Bowen as uh, Claire Dunphy. Never seen modern family. Yeah. <laughs> if you had, you would be very impressed. Well, I'm sure I would be. I got that. It was a very, very good pastiche of whatever mm. it was doing. Like I've seen modern family in ads and stuff like that. I've never seen an episode, but being in the zeitgeist and being a very popular sitcom, you kind of know it's, it's one of those kind of baffling things where people seem to be narrating things that they're currently doing, but obviously has already happened so they yes, have to exactly. and it's this it's this weird thing and it happened almost entirely because of the office because like in the british version of the show the conceit was there's a documentary crew filming this office yeah you know and, and in the american version they keep that and they they make it almost a, a running gag that this this film crew has been following them around for what would be like seven years at that point making this elaborate documentary yeah um, but other shows then adopted that style where they have these random cutaways well, and everyone's like looking at the camera and stuff 
And that, that style of, um, of shooting. It's talking heads. I, I listened to a really interesting yeah. – did I read an article or listen to an interesting podcast where they talked about this style of reality television coming through and it was a way to save money by not having hosts essentially. So you have the people who are on the show just describing oh, yeah, what's yeah. going in on. The, in the reality TV, absolutely. But, yeah. but like in the in, and in so like sitcoms, scripted comeries, it's, yeah. it's very much like just a shorthand to explain what the characters are feeling and also make more jokes. Yeah. Yes. The point is, like, by the time you get to Modern Family, which is like two or three steps removed from the office, they have that style with everyone like talking to the camera and you know looking at the camera and the, like it's having. It's an aside. It's it's the modern version of in Shakespeare when a character exactly. needs to tell exactly. you how they're feeling. They literally just take one step forward and go, "Well, I really want to kill this guy who's just yeah. standing a few meters away from me and can't hear me, but I'm holding my hand up to my mouth so you know that I'm technically whispering." That is, that is therefore, literally what it is, yes. Yeah, it's just – it's an old theatre trope that they've kind of converted to a film thing, but it's it's always struck me as very odd because of the whole – I always think too much about the mechanics, whether it's reality or scripted. It's like, so hang on, you've had this big argument and now you're sitting down to narrate <laughs> what happened in the argument that happened just a few minutes ago. Yes. So and, I always imagine, what, I always imagine episode... what you don't see, which is like someone going, hey, that was a really good argument. We're just going to need you to just stop <laughs> and come into the back room so we can have you tell us why you're having the argument. But then yes. people are always so have so much presence of mind that they're able to crack a, crack wise while they're describing the art. And it's like, that's not how real life would go. You'd be really heated in an argument or you'd be, <laughs> you wouldn't be able to come up with some funny bon mot. Absolutely, and, and that's what I love about this episode is that it really, really plays with that yes, to, to really make it unsettling, especially the point where they literally break the fourth wall. Yes, yes. And the film crew, like, says, oh, do you think it's maybe because you deserve it? Yes. And she's like, what? You're not supposed to speak. Yes, but you know? also when Vision, because there's a lovely yes. few of these cutaways with Vision oh, yeah. where he's talking about, you know, Wanda's putting obstacles in my way to stop me getting home and yeah. then it cuts to another obstacle and then just him looking at the camera going, ha, ha, I'm not amused. <laughs> and then the final one where he, he says, hang on a second, what am I doing sitting here talking about this? What am I doing here? And takes the microphone <laughs> off his lapel of his super suit. Uh, his super skin and then just walks walks away and kicks over the boom mic or bats away the boom mic and i was like thank you yes it's such a ridiculous thing like you've you're trying to get home but you've had to pull into a into a side alley or something to sit in front of your bus your funnel cake bus and talk about why you can't get home absolutely just sitting here waiting to go home Yeah, exactly, exactly. But the show does something absolutely fascinating at that point because it has him fly away from that scene where he's talking to the camera, but then it also has him simultaneously fly away from him sitting with Darcy. Yes. Right? Because the show would naturally cut back to that point, but he's already flying away. Yes. Right? So it's like this bizarre thing where the show can't keep up with him breaking format. Yes. Right? It's very, very well done. So it's like that as his internal monologue, as well as an aside to the audience. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, I can fly. Why am I sitting in this van? <laughs> yeah, I'm sitting here waiting for the for this van. I can just go. <laughs> it's not a problem. It's fantastic. Like, like it, it's it's really really well done. That the sh- the episode uses for, for more more so even than I think we've seen the show do before. I mean, the the first couple of episodes were kind of playing in this space as well, but the show really leans into using the format of the 
type of comedy that it's doing this week to make it deliberately unsettling. Like there's something just badly off about everything. And especially the lack of that laugh track. That laugh track is gone. Yes, And yes. suddenly you don't have a cue to laugh anymore. You're just at sea. Like it's like, is this supposed to be funny? Are we are we laughing here? Like what's going on? It's fantastic. Oh, well, it's just yeah. so well done, this balancing act they're doing. So final things in my list. Darcy was a stunt woman or some sort of... <laughs> She was an escapologist because she went in the handcuffs. Yeah. So she was a lot of fun. Vision kind of zapped her brain pretty quickly and didn't zap her back. He recognised her. And I love that her initial thing was like, he clearly just wants to go out with me. I thought that was, (laughs) I wish I had that kind of confidence. It's like, uh, no, I won't go out with you. Yes. (laughs) I love that they they kind of had to run away from the circus. (laughs) They stole the They literally did, yeah. (laughs) And run away from the circus. I do hope that all of those circus performers who are obviously all sword members you know law enforcement agents when the hex is released that they all kind of wake up going why am i in a clown outfit i just (laughs) i just think that would be quite charming i mentioned monica agatha's basement looks like the upside down from stranger things yes yeah there's a there's like, a bit of a Stranger Things vibe there. Wanda goes, it's like, oh, the boys are just playing in the basement. And Wanda goes down there and, yeah, it's it's all weird trees all and... Weird and evil and, yes. Barb is in the corner. Um, where's Barb? <laughs> where's Barb? A couple more things. Was that Pietro in the jump scare at the end? There was sort of a semi-post-credits. Yes, yeah, yeah. So, that, so Monica goes up and, again, another kind of Wizard of Oz reference. that She opens their, like, tornado doors, the tornado basement mm. doors, to try and find Wanda at Agatha's place and gets tapped on the shoulder, turns around, it's Pietro saying something like, Snoop is going to snoop or something yeah. like that. Yeah, absolutely. And then we see Pietro in that credit sequence for Agatha all along. Is that mean that he's a conjuration? Conjuration? A conjuring... Well, that's a very good question. Is he still someone who's been pulled from another universe? Mm. The implication at the end there is that he's working with Agatha somehow. Yes, or controlled Um, by her. Or at least controlled by her, yeah. So is he being controlled? Is he acting of his own free will? Is he Pietro at all? Is he someone else disguised as Pietro? That's right, which I think kind of could undo a lot of the excitement that certainly you felt at the whole, oh my God, it's a different (laughs) Pietro from a different universe. Yeah. And it could just be the case of Agatha going, I'm just conjuring. But then it could have been anyone. Why did they pick him? So Exactly. There has to be a reason why they chose Evan Peters and not just some random. Yeah, exactly. Where has he come from? Is or he Pietro? It, What's it happening? Opens, it opens the door for that to mix somehow still. Yeah, maybe it plants the seed for that to happen. I hope it's not just that simple. I hope it's not just she plucked him from somewhere and now it's – or she just chose that face at random or something. I, I hope there's reasons behind it. Because otherwise the, it'll, it'll take something that was quite impactful when it first happened and quite – like a very much a holy crap moment. Yes. To, and it'll kind of cheapen it. It'll kind of lessen it in hindsight. That's right. That's what I thought. I went, does that mean that that whole Pietro thing wasn't the big fancy excitement driver that we thought it was? <laughs> But that's definitely, I mean, that's definitely not the only uh, disappointment we get in this episode because, oh no, disappointment's a strong word, but I was talking up last week, I'm like, you know, Monica's been mentioning this aerospace engineer lots and lots, I wonder who it's going to be, and it turns out it's going to be just a random uh, sword person that she knows. <laughs> yes, that's right, that was the car, because, yeah, she kept hinting at her friend, but it just she turned out to be... She kept dropping that, like, dropping that name like it was hot, and I'm like, 
okay, they're hinting at something here. There's lots of characters in the Marvel Universe who could technically be called an aerospace engineer. Like, you know, are we going to see Reed Richards? Are we going to see Hank McCoy? Like, are we going to see, you know, someone, anyone? And then it's like, nope, brand new character. It was just friends of hers from Sword. Yeah, who, just a friend of hers from Sword. They're all loyal to her because of her mum. And yeah, so right. quickly knocked up a huge, massive, dimension-busting super tank truck. A monster truck, that's what it was. Should have been down at the uh, Archerfield Speedway. <laughs> that's a place where they have monster trucks in Brisbane, I think. I think they have speed racing there, certainly. Do they still have no, monster do, trucks? Yes. Yeah. I've never been to the monster trucks, and I really should go. I feel like it would be cathartic. <laughs> Just to see big things squish little things. As long as but, you go on the day they have Truckosaurus. That's right. You need Truckosaurus. Yeah. But I was just maybe given all the horrible things that are happening in Australian Parliament at the moment, maybe we've had enough of big things crushing little things. <laughs> <laughs> That's my political commentary for the week. Final things, Stu, because I'm sure you'll have others, but this is a request from uh, Brittany White, who you might know, a very, oh, yes. very good friend of mine, friend of the show. She messaged me on Friday night asking, had I seen WandaVision? <laughs> and then when I said yes, she sent me a link to the Agatha song saying, I cannot get this out of my head. It's so awesome. Yes. And she asked when we were podcasting because she, she, none of her other friends apparently are watching WandaVision. She's very frustrated because oh. it's such a good show. And she was like, I need you guys to talk to me about WandaVision. <laughs> <laughs> When are you podcasting? So I said I would ask her the following, uh, ask you the following question on her behalf. Okay. She asked this me to ask. This is a listener actually you. calling in, by the way. So I'm this very is, happy about this. This is a listener calling in. She said, "Can Stu explain why there was a fly on Agnes slash Agatha's curtain when ah. Wanda comes in and sits down and she sees the half-eaten meals, sandwiches that obviously the boys had had, and then she asks, you know, where's the twins? She sees a fly and then they have a close-up, which which was a very extreme close-up. It made me think it was a moth. Mm-hmm. Very big, ugly-looking fly, wasn't it? And Brittany said, I need to know why that was. So can you um, please ask Stu? Look, it definitely seemed deliberate. There are a couple of theories as to why uh, there was a focus on the fly. One is that it's just generally unsettling, um, that it might have just been a bit of mise-en-scene, like that it, you know, a signal that something was perhaps not quite right. Like a witch's familiar? Yeah, almost. Although although we realise that the rabbit is her familiar, which is quite good. She comes in stroking, stroking. What's what's the name of the rabbit? I can't forgot. Scratchy. Scratchy, that's right. Scratchy. Uh, Which is itself a very oblique reference to something in the comics. There's a son named Scratch. That was on on the Wikipedia page that yes. I saw that there was like someone related to her called Scratch and I went oh okay well that's that it's just a little reference yeah so yeah. I mean it might just be to be a little bit creepy and unsettling it could be a reference I mean you know like flies are often associated with demons and well death really and death and and that sort of thing so it could be but a, it was the fact that it was that. just one you know, normally yes. when there's like a dead body, you get a few flies all zipping Absolutely. around. But. I came up with a theory today, and I'm very, I'm actually very glad. We, we, we delayed recording this episode by a day for various reasons, and I'm glad that we did because I made an insane leap that if it's true, I'm going to look like a goddamn genius, Natalie. <laughs> Because it what suddenly that? leapt into my head. I was like, oh, my God, they, they really lingered on that fly. And we've heard already that there's a cameo in this series that will be like Luke Skywalker level cameo, right? Obviously, like everyone's sort of gone, oh, well, well it's Pietro. It's the Pietro appearance. Like that's going to be it. But hang on, like, hang on, mm-hmm. hang on. Disney owns Marvel and Star Wars now, so it could actually <laughs> it could, it be, could Luke literally be Luke Skywalker. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> but you know. Don't put it past them. No, that's right. You know, the they, the they're year. doing crazy things on this show. 
But I do know that there is a show coming up featuring a trickster character that is quite famous. Is that Loki? It is Loki. (laughs) Who famously, if you remember your Norse mythology, Natalie, has a famous story where he actually appears as a giant fly and bites the dwarf who's making Thor's hammer. Uh, I did not Uh, know my Norse mythology. And that's why why Mjolnir has a short handle is because Loki bit the dwarf who was uh, making it. How does that affect what he... He couldn't finish making the handle or something. He just, he or? just didn't quite finish making the handle. It's a, it's part of like it's it's a it's part of the Norse cycle of of those stories, those those original tales. I love those ancient stories where they have origin stories for gods and for objects, but at the same time they've like always existed. Yes. Yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There, there's like, like a whole yes. saga that has like a beginning, middle, and end, but they're like oh, but but also they they just exist. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's like the, the 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 Titans had to make way for Zeus who ate Kronos, and then Zeus had a beautiful daughter that he birthed out of his head, and that was Athena, and and it's like but they all sort of exist at the same time. Yeah. Look, look, basically, the the to cut a long story short, a lot of people on the internet are suggesting there is a a different big person coming along, and I think maybe they're right, but also yeah. I think maybe Loki. Yeah. You know yep. that makes a lot of sense. Well, he's um, got a TV show coming, doesn't he? He does have a TV show coming, and like we saw Agatha in the basement down there has a bizarre uh, magical tome that is emanating energy and could be the key to everything. So. Yes, she did have a a, a book, some sort of spell so where, book. So where did she get that? Has she always had access to that? Is that something yeah. she took or something that she was given? Is it a tesseract? <laughs> well, you know, who knows? Everything seems to be a tesseract. We've got to have a. We've got to have a series of MacGuffins for people to chase. Exactly. Okay, so Loki, there you go, Brittany. That's the answer. It's Loki in fly form. <laughs> if that turns out to be true, I will I will absolutely claim that. Stu, if that turns out to be true, you will be Loki, a genius. Absolutely. You, you'll be a Loki genius. You'll be a Loki genius. I, yes, I see what you're doing there. Oh, I'm a very funny person, Stu. <laughs> All right, your list. Yes, okay. Um, so ob- obviously that? at the top of my list was it was Agatha all along. Da, 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 da. You gotta hit the um, on the ong. You can't wait, so you've got to be Agatha all along. Da, da. Yeah, it's very good. It's a very good song. I had uh, Monica Gets Power, which we did. Vision and Darcy debrief. We didn't really touch on that yet. Um, oh yes, so that was so fun. It was great. It was so fantastic. Um also like heartbreaking and shattering that um vision now has a pretty clear idea about what is going on and also he couldn't remember anything before westview so Mm. now he has a pretty clear idea about what wanda has gone through yes and he realizes that three weeks ago she had her entire life ripped away from her so yeah it's it's obviously a thing and he finally has a a more clear understanding of what's you know sort of been driving her and and why she might be doing something like this i do wonder whether the constant impediments that are being put between him getting home whether that's due to Wanda or whether that's due to Agnes yeah you know because now we know that Agnes is like an active player like it completely changes the tenor of several things that have happened throughout the series so like Mm -hmm. is that Wanda telling him no stay away I want to be alone today or is that Agnes sort of putting barriers in his way because she doesn't want him to come home well, I noticed that in the title sequence, and it might just be the case because the title sequence reflects the the style, the office, and those don't tend to have big focuses on the cast. But the wonder, it was just everything was wonder, wonder, yeah, wonder, 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 created by Wanda Maximoff. There was no yeah. mention of Vision, whereas mm. in all the other ones, he's been referred to in the title sequence. But that could just be a feature of that particular style of 
title. Well, I, think, I think it was deliberate because they they wanted. No, no, it, it's not a reference to the show. I think it's deliberate on the show's part because this whole episode is about Wanda wanting to be alone and and thinking that she's like messed everything up. Mm. Which is ironic, given that the entire conceit of this universe is her building a family around herself. Yeah, and you start to see that kind of be undermined by that glitching effect that happens. Yes. Everything keeps getting reversed backwards and... Which makes me wonder, I mean, obviously, I think this is the end of the sitcom pastiches. I think the next two episodes are probably going to be pretty straight Marvel-style action. But I, I do think we might get a bit more of a mashup now. Like, like, now that the show has sort of shown us all the various, like, worlds that it operates in, it now has the freedom to sort of flip back and forth because it's definitely set that up with all the different... All the things flickering in the in the room with, with Wanda. Mm. It definitely seems like they're sort of setting up the fact that, oh, you know, like this reality is becoming unstable. So maybe we'll we'll flick to the 1950s and then flick to the 1970s. Like, who knows? Yeah, she um, she says at one point in one of those pieces to camera, she's like, I can't fix it. Everything's mm. collapsing and I can't fix it. Yeah. And do you think it's all your fault? Mm. Do you think you deserve this? Yeah. Yeah. Um, which is a very harsh thing to say. And she responds by going, you don't talk. But, yeah, this is like, is it? do you think it's because you deserve it? Like, a harsh thing to say to someone who clearly, you know, stole a body and, you know, <laughs> created a world in a hex thing, but obviously is very traumatised. Yes, exactly. But it, it's coloured as well later on because we think initially that, oh, that's, if this reality is Wanda's projection, then that's her subconscious, like, being down on herself. Like, you know, she's, she thinks that this is all her fault. But then we later see that Agatha is the one behind the camera. Yes. So why does and she they want changed Wanda the voice to be... Because it sounded like a more masculine voice. It said, do you think that's because you deserve it? But yeah, then exactly. It was Agatha it's a, it's a man's voice. The... Yeah, and yeah. then it turns out it's Agatha behind the, the camera. So why does she want Wanda to think that everything is her fault? Like, why does she want Wanda to be all beaten down like and, and mm. isolated from the things that she's created? Mm. You know, there's, there's something's going on. And we don't fully know what Agatha's plan is. She is put forward as someone who is entirely villainous. Like, that could not be more clear. Mm. Um, in the comics, she's a much less of a villainous character, and she has done villainous things. And she's certainly done things to Wanda, as you've probably read in the Wikipedia page. I, I sort of skimmed. I didn't read details about Right. She... Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, she does things to Wanda and specifically to Wanda's boys that she believes are for Wanda's own good that tie in very heavily to the storylines that this show is pulling from. Mm. Which leads me to my le next question. Where are the boys? Yes. Because they disappear. They do. We don't see them leave, but uh, they're not there when Wanda goes looking for them. I do wonder in the short term what's happened to them. Are they the fly? Are they the fly? Yeah, there we go. There's another... <laughs> There's another thing. There was only one fly, though. Maybe maybe the, the other fly was going too fast to see. Yeah. <laughs> Speedy fly. Speedy fly. Well, speaking we of villains, uh, just this might be on your list, but that just made me think of talking about Agatha as a villain. Monica actually brings up to Wanda that uh, you're not a villain, and Wanda says something like, oh, maybe I already am, or, or oh, that's right, sword, F, you know, dickhead sword guy. Haywood. Haywood, Monica bursts in to go, no, he's trying to frame you, basically. He wants vision. I forgot about that bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, he, he wants vision. He, he's trying to rebuild vision, basically, or get you to rebuild him or something. He wants to capture vision and make you look like the bad guy. And Wanda says something like, maybe I already am. So clearly Wanda is being primed to think of herself as a bad person and the disappearance of the boys will no doubt add to that. 
That's true. That's a very good point. Yeah, because the final the final thing on my list was just that quote, don't let him make you the villain, which I think is a very good sign that this, this show is not leaning so hard into the hysterical woman thing that a lot of the comic storylines involving Wanda tend to. Oh, okay. Um, They're sort of re- showing that re- up. Reframing a lot of it and, and yeah, changing yeah. motivations. And, and yeah, yeah. Like, I think it's it's a really good sign that like they know what they're doing um, because yes. the storylines that they're drawing from are not necessarily the greatest for Wanda specifically. And this is her show, yes. you know, like it shouldn't necessarily be, you know, if she's the villain of her own story. Like, what are we even doing? Well, I think having a complicated protagonist yes, is, exactly. is, is good or having her feeling the guilt of making her boyfriend walk around the place weekend at Bernie style and, <laughs> you know, conjuring up some children. Although she did say at some point she was like, visions made of vibranium. They literally inherited tough skin. <laughs> Yes, yeah, yeah, that was a good line. Although there's no sort of evidence that there's any biology involved necessarily. Well, that's true, exactly. It could just be magicked into existence. (laughs) Did you say that was your list? Uh, that's my list, basically. Yeah, okay, yeah. I, I don't think there was too much more just, uh, that I, I had just, on my radar. I remembered one other thing that I need you to explain to me. Oh yes. What What is Nexus? Oh yes, God. Thank you for reminding me because that yeah that that's the ad this week. That's the uh, ad this I week. Almost which... completely forgot. Which is very, very modern day American ad is advertising yes. a prescription drug. Prescription drug. I actually took issue with it because I don't think it was long enough. Because if you ever see American TV or drug ads, I'm sure they have some on, on YouTube. They're the most fascinating thing because there's, you know, 15 seconds of ad for the product and what it'll do for you. And then like 45 seconds oh, of disclaimers. Of disclaimers, yeah, yeah. And so what happens is they have to film an ad. So maybe the it's things like erectile dysfunction or you know probably antidepressants like nexus was but lots of things and they'll have like a family having a family day in a house and it's like near a wood and there's snow and they're all like playing in the snow and having a snow fight talking about how you can get rid of your erectile dysfunction and (laughs) but then they have to then they have to like discuss all the things that could go wrong so they cut to like this man and a woman walking through the snow while it's like you may experience you know anal leakage (laughs) comprehensive rectal collapse there's always anal leakage yeah it's very common yeah yeah uh but yes your brain might spontaneously combust you may also experience feeling like you're a dog for a day like whatever and they go on and on but what's hilarious is just watching the footage in the background because they can't they can't do anything that's going to distract you from listening to the ad but they still they need to kind of fill the the time so you've yeah, just so got they've just told the actors like oh just just mill about but not too conspicuously yeah just kind of walk through the snow looking at each other smiling like yeah life is good while we read out all the terrible side effects that you might encounter it's You're very and catering for this but that's because we in australia like we don't have prescription drug advertising so no, you can't it's not allowed it's not allowed so you, that's why which is a good get, thing i think so yeah i think so but it's it's because people they'll see an ad on tv it says talk to your doctor about Rectalin. It's the cream for your <laughs> rectum to stop the anal leakage that the other yeah, pill it. that you bought got, gave you. And then people go in and go, can I, please have, yeah, can I please have a six-month supply of Rectalin? If anyone knows how to formulate medicine, uh, I've got a brand name waiting to go now. <laughs> if anyone I would be needs, like, if that hasn't already been used somewhere. Really? Oh, that's a shame. That's another one of those jobs that I'd love to have, coming up with brand names for mm. elaborate medical substances. Erectomax for something. <laughs> what a great again, job that again, would be. I'm pretty sure that's already taken. Oh, is it? Oh, see. Boner, boner, boner. 
what are the words they they always have like zor absorb optisorb and fast zip absorb lots of onomatopoeia kind of things yeah. I'll just, we'll workshop it but rectalin <laughs> if you are a drug manufacturer you can pay me for that brand name if it doesn't already <laughs> exist i claim it copyright uh, copyright copyright but yes do you know what nexus is because i don't well i mean basically we, we've been talking about a multiverse and if there is a nexus to that multiverse maybe that's what agatha is tapping into and maybe it's the key to everything Oh, yeah, um, it, because it was talking about realities, wasn't it? Exactly, yeah, yeah. When you want to escape from reality or, you know, whatever, you know, use Nexus. I imagine it will be quite central to the last little stretch. It'll probably have something to do with what Agatha is doing to, uh, or seems to be doing to Wanda. It's been interesting the way the ads have evolved, because it was a toaster, you know, happy toaster, and then yeah. a watch for men, and then... Oh, I can't remember. There was the... There was the bath. Oh, yeah, that's right. The nice relaxing getaway bath and then a Lagos something or towels, kitchen uh, towels. Yeah, kitchen towels to wipe away all that red stuff. Wipe away the mess and then the kid, the yogurt. Yeah, yeah, that, that deeply unsettling. <laughs> Stop motion one last week. And now it's it's drugs, like <laughs> it's prescription drugs. We need them. <laughs> also the fact that it's like for women, it's like, look, women... You're losing your grip on reality. You know, whereas it used to be a woman, you need a toaster and that'll make you happy. Now it's you need prescription drugs. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's becoming more extreme. <laughs> oh, it's just becoming more realistic to what you actually need to make you happy. Because as we know, the 50s, the toasters didn't make people happy. Uh, <laughs> no, they didn't. What else is there with this week's episode? I'm trying to think. Oh, Pietro at the very end. Oh, we mentioned that. Um, yes, we sort of talked about like who Pietro, like, you know, is he Pietro from a different universe? Is he is he someone who looks like Pietro and why that Pietro? Like, I think mm. that'll be, I hope the show sticks to landing there because if they make it, just a random thing. I think that'll be slightly cheap. But I do think it was a fun episode, but I think it was elevated by that reveal oh, at the end. That song is yeah. just like instantly pushes it into five star territory. It's just so yeah. so gleeful. Like yes. just gleeful in it's just ha ha ha. Yeah. We got you. Yeah. Amazing. We're enjoying this. Everyone hope, involved is having yeah. a great time. We hope you're enjoying this because we sure are. Yes. And <laughs> um, actually people have pointed out, um, so this this has been doing the rounds on, on Twitter and, and other socials but Catherine Hahn has now done like two great MCU villain reveals because she was also the voice of Olivia Octavia in Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse never saw it uh don't know what that is oh, honestly I know what, I know what the movie is fantastic movie and I think you would I think you would have a great time watching it that's the the animated one isn't it yes yes it's great Natalie it's very fun I don't really know much about Catherine Hahn um as in her Life and work, I guess. She's self-described as uh, she pl she was stuck in the best friend ghetto for about 15 years, where she'd always be playing, you know, someone's like the blonde character, the blonde main character's best friend. Oh, okay. She was always, well, you she know, she very much, very much in the style of Agnes. Like she was very much like the sassy best friend character in so she, many things. She she was in Anchorman, um, if you remember. I can't even remember who was she in Anchorman. She she was the the speaking part extra uh, among the women in the office. Oh, you know how, okay. How, she, she's the one who tells Veronica Corningstone that, like, you know, anything you put on that prompter, Burgundy will read. Anything. Ah, uh, okay. 
I'm just looking at what else she's been in. More recently, she's been in a series called Mrs. Fletcher, which uh, is has been quite well received, and she was in a couple of other things. That's not a prequel to Murder, She Wrote, is it? It's not no. <laughs> Jessica Fletcher. Although in the current TV landscape, you can be forgiven for thinking that. Yeah. Well, given that I just started watching um, Clarice. Oh, yes. Yeah. Uh, which is on Stan. And I went back and I did my research. I went and watched The Silence of the Lambs as, like, research for watching Clarice, if only just to re-familiarise myself with the subject matter because I could not remember if I had seen The Silence of the Lambs in its entirety since I was 13, 14 and saw it at a sleepover. Right. And was terrified beyond belief. Yes, well, I mean, it's a, it's a very good movie. <laughs> it's a great movie. It's really, really good. And uh, I'm sure I'd seen bits and pieces but never watched the whole thing. So I, I did that and I watched some Anthony uh, Hopkins doing his lecture and watched Jodie Foster and then watching the, the new Clarice, which is not too bad. It's like a police procedural but with the chick from The Silence of the Lambs. So it's not it's too absurd yeah, like, so far. It seems everything fine. Everything I've heard about it has just suggested, I'm like, oh, I don't know that I necessarily need to watch that. I think I've seen that show. Probably. It's just, it's it's interesting because it's set about six to 12 months after the events of The Silence yeah, of the Lambs. Absolutely, yeah. And so you've got that sort of joy of playing with 90s attitudes, which are like slightly better than, you know, 70s and 80s, but still a bit... What do you think you're weird. doing yeah, down here, Missy, kind of stuff? But what was great in the second episode, like literally the second episode is, we're going down to Tennessee where a group calling themselves the statesmen are threatening to secede from the state and create their own state and they've got guns. And you sort of go, oh, my God, they're like pastiching Waco. So that was interesting yeah, to me because yeah. I'm, <laughs> I'm kind of semi-obsessed with Waco and like weird American shit like that. Like that just doesn't happen in other countries as much, but yeah, exactly. culty death cults and stuff. Um, I'm a perfectly normal human being. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is, is that in the show, they obviously know that like, yes, we're, we're doing this. And so the, like one of the lead characters gets out and says, look, I know what you're all thinking, but this is not going to be another Waco. <laughs> so you're like, oh, they're just owning it from the start and going, yeah, it was the early 90s. There were a lot of weird separatists. I want to live without the government interference. Mm-hmm. Kind of, it was that. It, that was the time for I, it. I'd say it was a different time, time but not really. Ah, <laughs> uh, well, I don't. I feel like that the fla- the flavor of person has changed. Like it used to be. Yes. The, it used to be you wanted to set up your own nation state. Now that they just want to do a fascist takeover. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, there's 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 some. You're right. Flavor differences, but you've got a <laughs> probably similar cast of characters. You know, self delusionary oh, yeah. white man decides to take a bunch of women in and uh, you know convert them for their own good <sighs> so weird cults man <laughs> we should do a cult podcast i don't think anybody's doing any cult podcasts at the moment so we, i think we should start one let's talk yeah, about yeah yeah that, that's a that's an untapped vein <laughs> i think it's a fresh new idea <laughs> <laughs> i mean in all seriousness i joke but i'd love to start a cult podcast <laughs> They're just so weird. They are intensely weird. Always so weird. There's always bizarre. Oh, joyous. It's joyous. Terrible. Criminal. But joyous. Uh, Stu, is there anything more to say about this week's wonderful episode seven of WandaVision? We've only got two more left. I think we've said it all. I I think we've said it's very, very weird, very strange. We've got two episodes left that we know of. I think it'll be very interesting to see how it all plays out from here. All the pieces are in place. We think we know who the villain is. We think we know who the heroes are. So let's see how that all washes up. I love the way you inflect upwards at the end of that. (laughs) I feel like Stu's not telling me stuff. 
He's like, oh yeah, well, we'll just see how we go. No, just... I mean, I, I don't have any inside knowledge. I, I just think we haven't seen the last of well, we haven't seen the final twist of the of the knife. I don't think. I think this the show's got a few more surprises for us yet before it's over. Well, you can call in at Disco Stew on Twitter. I'm also on Twitter at Girl Clumsy. Please, you know, send us nice stuff or or you know timestamps of when we've made mistakes, and then we can you know send gifs or gifs back at you of animals doing things. You can also uh, go to patreon.com slash girlclumsy if you wish to support the the content that we're pumping out here. Um, And a massive thank you to my patrons. They are amazing. And honestly, with the year that we've had and for someone like me and my precarious (laughs) employment position, still having, um, you are invaluable. And I give my thanks to you every day, every time I'm able to put one of these out. Um, You are in my heart. And and that sounds so incredibly patronising and untrue, but it... (laughs) I don't know how to be sincere, Stu. I, I'm trying to speak sincerely and it doesn't work. What and a terrible be- indictment on our modern society <laughs> that you are unable to express a sincere well, thanks to someone. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I, I, I do when I write posts and I'm like, I really do thank you and that sort of thing. But I feel like when I'm saying it, because I'm, you know, comedy, comedy, I just feel like I'm undercutting myself. And um, <laughs> maybe I should get you to thank the, the patron. <laughs> you have more on, gravitas. On behalf of Natalie, a, a sincere thank you. Thank you. See, look, see, now you know I'm real patrons because Stu said it and it's much better. You can also uh, jump onto the Facebook and uh, uh, find us there, facebook.com slash Natalie's Throne. Thank you, everyone, for listening. We have two episodes left. And do you know when those Loki and the the, the other one that's coming out, the White Stallion and the... um, the, the sexy guy. <laughs> White Stallion. White Stallion and the sexy guy. Um, um, I could pull it up quickly. Uh, Loki, Falcon and the Winter Soldier will be, uh, there'll yeah. be a week's break at the moment between <laughs> the end of WandaVision and the start of of Winter Soldier. So uh, We should roll into that, shouldn't we? We could probably do that if you like or, or, yeah. or see how it goes. If we watch the first episode and we're not total, we're not super into it, we can always just give it a miss, but we'll see how it's, it goes. It's, it's got White Stallion and the sexy guy. It sure does. <laughs> Falcon We've already the, got a name for it. Falcon and the Winter Soldier has become White Stallion and the Sexy Guy. <laughs> and now I'm trying to think, well, who's White Stallion? Is it the white guy or is it the black guy? Because <laughs> I think I got Stallion and Falcon mixed up, but Falcon's the black guy. But the thing is, Stu, they're both sexy. So where am I at here? The White Stallion is also pretty sexy, whether or not he's <laughs> he's the black guy or not. I don't know. They're all sexy. So the White Stallion and the Sexy Guy, you choose who's who. Sure. <laughs> Falcon and the Winter Soldier. We'll leave it up to the audience. Um, but yes, yeah, so, so that, that starts up. But what? Well, there's a week gap, and then and then that just rolls on, and that's going to happen for the rest of the year. So Loki is later this year. So is I think She Hulk is coming as well. Or that might be 2022. I'm not sure. But there's there's some other ones. Uh, Marvel What If, an animated series, which is just a bunch of what what if Thanos had won, or, or all, that, all that sort of thing, like like imaginary scenarios. So they'll have wow. a with that. Hang on, this universe is so popular. They can just do some. Hey, here's some alternate hypotheticals. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, I mean, that, so, they, it's I mean, been a thing absolutely... in the comics for a long time. Um, so they oh, do a okay. Ma- Marvel has What If, and DC has Elseworlds. But yeah. it's basically just the writers can riff on what if a storyline went a different direction you know what if uh, the x-men were never formed or what if the avengers never formed or that sort of thing and and so it's a fun like storytelling exercise and that's going to be an animated series is it fun or is it just like well what if the avengers never formed well there would have been these great big monsters come through a portal over new york and just destroy everything 
Yeah, I mean, yeah, and then what what does the world look like after that? And do heroes still rise and all that sort of thing? Very depressing, wouldn't it? (laughs) I guess that's why they have to make it animated so it looks more fun. Yeah, I guess. Um, so that that's happening. And so basically you are knee deep in Marvel content for the rest of this year. <laughs> okay. Well, we can just keep the Marvel podcast spinning if people are enjoying them. Uh, sure. And disperse them with DC and Raven Bat. Absolutely. We've got a plan, Stu. We, we got a, we got something approaching a plan. Uh, well, thank you so much for joining me as always, Stu. Thank you to all the listeners. Uh, you are wonderful. And um, we will see you next week for episode eight of WandaVision. What are they doing to you, Stu? I increasingly don't know, Natalie. <laughs> We're all at sea. But you know who's responsible? It's been... It was Agatha. Oh, oh. Do, 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 do. <laughs> See you next week. Bye.